Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. I want to start off my sermon this morning by uh, letting you know uh, a personal illustration of that's going to lead into my message. In three days, it's the eighth anniversary that Cindy and I and our kids have been back in Waterloo. We moved here December 19th, 2010. Uh, we were in Aurelia, ministering there, and we moved back, we moved back to Kitchener-Waterloo, which is our hometown. And um, on that, that day, December 19th, 2010, uh, it wasn't an easy day for us. It wasn't a delightful move. It was a very difficult move. And um, we moved back to Waterloo, and we loaded up our U-Haul truck in Aurelia, and we we drove it down, and we pulled into our new uh, uh, home, which had an apartment that we were going to be living in, um, around eight o'clock that night, December nineteenth. It was very a very dark night. It was very cold. I remember we had um, some friends and family who were waiting there to help us unload our home that was in the U-Haul truck, and our belongings. And when we pulled up, we were both very emotional. Uh, we weren't in the perfect state of mind. Um, Jalen was three, Austin was six, and Cindy was tired and hungry. And we pulled up and we unlocked the, the door to the apartment, which Cindy had not seen yet. I was responsible of finding our place to live. And... Like I said, we were emotional and tired and cold, and it was dark, and we walked into our apartment, and there was the heat. The landlord didn't have the heat on for us at that time. It was cold and dark. We were emotional and tired. And my wife proceeded to say, Matt, I'm not living here. And you could imagine how my heart sunk. And then it came back up into my throat again. And I went out on the street while family and friends were watching kind of this unfold slightly, and I didn't know what to do. This is not what I was expecting. This is not what I was wanting. And I remember walking up the street like as if if it just happened last night, and I was crying, and I was praying. And I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I messed up. I made a mistake for my family. What have I done? And I didn't know what to do. And my wife didn't want to live there. Now I didn't want to live there. And my kids were young and they didn't have a clue. And so because of the state that we were in at this time, it was not a good state, a week before Christmas, my brother and his wife who helped us drive down our our belongings put us up in a hotel for the night and said, guys, park the truck. You're not unloading tonight. Go get some sleep. They put us in a hotel and... I didn't sleep much, if at all, that night because of how I was feeling. My wife and kids, we all got a little bit of sleep. We woke up the next morning, and I remember the next morning, it wasn't all that we had experienced wasn't completely gone, but I remember that next day was a beautiful, sunny day. The sky was blue, and the sun was shining, and and when I woke up to that, it brought It brought some hope. You with me? And we all have seasons of of darkness. Kind of like that 
that night where it was dark and cold and and it was not a good situation for any any of us but but the it's kind of like what the scripture says though sorrow lasts for the night joy can come in the morning it comes in the morning and so when i woke up to that sunny day we had some hope and so we went back to our apartment with the u-haul there and and we began unloading and 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 we got we set, got it set up and the next few weeks and months by God's grace, we made that just a really nice little home for us to live in for a while. And I, I want to share that to you because with Christmas here, Jesus is, is the light of the world. And in the Christmas season, we, we need to be reminded that, that when dark seasons come in life, and they will come in life, you've experienced many, and there will be more to come. Dark seasons come, but there's always that light like me waking up on that December 20th morning, that, that, that light that shines, spiritually speaking, and gives us that hope to, to, to persevere and to keep going another day. Amen? And so my message title is, When Light Enters the Darkness. And this, th- there's, a, there's a perfect picture of this right in, in the very beginning. In, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. So in the very beginning... There was a natural earth that God made. Our earth, God made. There was just darkness. And God then looked and spoke, let there be light. And in that moment, the sun was created. Is it the sun that gives light to the earth? So was the light that God spoke into being the sun? Yeah, this is, this is the, the, the passage of the creation of the sun. And then at nighttime, we have the stars that twinkle and the moon that ref- the sun reflects off the moon and gives light at night. But God created light. There was darkness, but God brought light in the natural circumstance, in the very beginning of, of creation. God created literal light. But we can apply this spiritually to our lives as well as believers, that Jesus Christ God the Holy Spirit, the truth of God's Word, it is the light. The, the, the Bible says that the, the Word of God is a light to our path, is a lamp unto our feet. And so when we're in dark seasons and dark times, we know that Jesus Christ is our light. Amen? And notice here it says that God separated light and darkness. You can't have both. I remember a few years ago when my kids were smaller, in one of our family devotion times, we were talking about, I forget exactly what we were talking about, but something to do with light and darkness. And so we went into our little powder room bathroom. We all crowded in there and, and we shut the lights off and it was pitch black. You couldn't see nothing. But then I lit a, a, a lighter and, and sure enough, you could see everyone around you. Light exposes the darkness. You can, they cannot be in the same... You can just turn on a little nightlight in, in a hallway in your, in your home and there's light. You can see now. And so God, right from the very beginning, He separated light 
from darkness. And in, in, the, in, in the spiritual realm, as believers, light and darkness have no... It's like, it's like oil and water. It cannot be together. There's no unity there. It cannot be as one. It does not work. There's darkness and there's light. Now, at Christmas time, I, one thing I love about Christmas time is, is all of it. But one thing I love is, is the lights. I love Christmas lights. We went to Waterloo Park this week, and they have the Waterloo Park of Lights or whatever. And we grabbed the coffee and walked around. There's those lights, moving lights, flashing lights, lights with music, lights. I love lights. It's wonderful. You know, there's out, outdoor lights, all that stuff, and candles, fireplaces. I love lights at Christmas. And one interesting truth, though, is that a home can be lit up with a beautiful Christmas tree, and lights up the banister, and a fireplace, and a candle, and it looks so cozy, and warm, and you feel like, ah, this is nice in this home. But the reality is, is that you can go down in the basement, or upstairs to the attic, and you can pop open the attic roof, and it's pitch black in there, right? And there's a chance that if you take a light, and you shine it in the attic, or in the dark basement, you might see some mold growing up in there. And so you have a home with beautiful lights that are, that's lovely and beautiful and peaceful and relaxing and wonderful, but there's also a chance that in that very same home that that flashlight will reveal black mold or something that can be harmful or, or even deadly. And so the same applies as, as believers and, and for people in this world, there is the light that Jesus brings, the light that God brings is full of love and grace and gentleness and peace and all of that. But see, his light also at times must reveal some black mold or some sin or some things of darkness that needs to be revealed because light brings warmth and beauty, but light will also reveal and expose that which is of darkness. That's how light operates. We find in John chapter 8, verse 12, that Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Those are some bold words that Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And that stands true today, does it not? The only thing good, the only thing righteous, the only thing full of light and beauty only comes from Jesus. There's not one person clean enough or right enough that can bring enough light and beauty and joy and peace. It is only because of Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus also says in John chapter 3, verse 19, he's speaking about himself. He says, this is the verdict that Light has come into the world. When Jesus came from heaven in the form of a baby in, in, in the manger, Jesus, he was light, and light came into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus came to save us from darkness and sin. That's why Jesus came. The Bible says that he didn't come to, to, to uh, destroy. Like he, he came to, or to condemn. He came to bring life. He's the light of the world. He wants to shine in people's lives. But it's in, right from the very beginning, man and woman, we've loved sin. 
and sinful lusts and pleasure more than we've loved light that is found in Jesus. It's always been that way. But the truth will always remain that if we want to have hope, if we want to have joy and peace and hope and life everlasting, it is only and always has been only found in Jesus Christ. Because He's the light of the world. And He came into it. He came into it. The world is full of darkness and Jesus came to us. Emmanuel. God with us. He came to us. He's our Savior. It's as if we were lost at sea and we were drowning all alone. There's nothing but water around. There's no boats. And and you're drowning and you're trying to keep yourself afloat and you're going to die. And it's like Jesus steps in and throws a lifesaver to you and you grab it. He comes to you. He comes to us. Jesus came to this world that was full of filth and pride and greed and sin and darkness. And He came to us as the light of the world. And people of the world, they won't fully understand this. I can just be good enough. Why can't I just be good enough or give to charity? And, and it, what, what, what do you mean light? Why do I need light in darkness? I don't have darkness. Look at my home. Look at my career. Look at all that I have. Look at all that I've succeeded in. Look at what I've, I've, I've obtained. Look how popular I am. And on and on and on. And people just justify And they're blinded by the enemy. They're blinded by the enemy. This is why the world needs the church to speak truth and life. That Jesus Christ is life and the only one who can save this world. That's why we need to be about God's work and God's business. Because the world, listen, the world is deceived. Why do we think they can just go about their business and their jobs and their raising kids and families and, and just normal everyday life and just totally reject Jesus because they're deceived? They don't see their sin. They need to come to a point like I came to where I see my sin for what it is. Sin and darkness. And I need the light of Jesus to shine on that, to reveal it to me. And so the church, we need to be about what God has commissioned us to be about sharing the truth of Christ, that He is the light of the world who came to us to shine light on the mold that was in our basement. True? Because He loves us and He loves this world. Now, in the book of Isaiah, Israel at this time was in great darkness regarding some enemy around them, mainly Assyria, was causing a lot of grief and murder and heartache towards Israel in the book of Isaiah. And we read in chapter 8, verses 21 through 22, says this. They will go, speaking of Israel, they will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. They will look up to heaven and down at the earth. But wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. Everywhere they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. There's times in life when we look and we see nothing, it seems, but trouble and anguish and dark despair. Is that not true? Jesus said it, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer because he's overcome, right? But, but it's always been that way. And so they will look and see trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown out into darkness. They were going to enter a season of darkness. But then we read in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, this is the word of God through Isaiah. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. 
In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Verse 2, the people walking in distress have seen a great light. This is a prophetic word to the nation of Israel, that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for fire. And then listen to this. You're going to recognize this one. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and holding it up with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let me ask you an honest question. As I was reading those scriptures, did the first half of it kind of like, wow, this is kind of new scripture to me? And then suddenly when you heard, for unto us a child is born, it's like, whoa, I recognize this first, right? That's how I read it. So you can say, if you can be honest if you want to, that's how I read it. They're, they were in a time of war and distress and darkness and trouble. And that's when that word was given to them. That there's going to be a child who's born to us. Who's going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. And guess what? The government's going to be on his shoulders. He's going to have the last word. He's going to be in authority. And, and his reign will never end. That word is spoken to them in trouble. And guess what? That word didn't wasn't fulfilled for another 700 years. But they had to hold on to it. Husband, wife, family, don't be weary. Remember the word of God that was given to us. A Savior is going to come. This trouble won't last. A Savior will come. Much like today. Listen, church. Your trouble won't last. Your weariness, <coughs> weariness and distress and heartaches, it won't last. Jesus will come again. He will come to take you to be with Him for all eternity. So hold on. Hopefully it's not 700 more years. But they didn't know that then, did they? I'm sure some of them thought, great, maybe next month, maybe in the new year, we're going to have this Savior born to us. And 700 years later, that prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled and light came to the world in the form of a baby. That's what Christmas is. It's not about presents and turkeys and shopping and music and all that stuff. All of that's beautiful and I love it and I'll, and I'll always love that. But Christmas is light coming to the world. Hope coming to a mankind that was lost in sin and darkness. And this is the word. This is the prophetic word that a world needs to hear today. That there is a child who was born and he lived for you and he, and he preached love and grace 
and kindness and mercy and he preached salvation and he preached repentance and he died on the cross and he shed his blood, rose back to life. He's in heaven now and guess what world? He's coming back. So put your faith in him. He's the light of the world. I know you see darkness all around, but Jesus is the light of the world. And everybody's searching for light. Isn't it true? Listen, if you got trapped in a cave and, and you literally could see nothing, there was just absolute blackness around you, what's the first thing that you want to see? Light. The second thing is probably you want some oxygen. But the first, and some coffee. But the first thing, the first thing you want naturally that comes to your attention is all I see is darkness. Where's light? And the world is searching. And listen, the world, we know it. The world is searching in places that can only bring some pleasure and some little hope just temporarily. Our world is consumed with alcoholism and getting drunk. You know, Friday comes and they say, beer me, give me, give me the booze. And they go to the bars because they're not happy. They're living in darkness and so they have to drink alcohol that alters their mind, that brings them to a state of mind where they have some sort of relief and some sort of peace. But Jesus can, Jesus can fulfill that. He's the light for that darkness. Our world is addicted to sensuality and I'll leave it at that for young ears here today. But it's addicted to, to all that stuff. Lust and pleasure and, 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 and body image and look at me and, and all that filth. And it's getting more and more. Why? Why are people so consumed with that? Why? Why is it everywhere we go? Why is it on phones and watches and computers and magazines and grocery stores? Why is it everywhere? Why? Because people love that. Because they're in darkness. And they need the light of Jesus Christ and His perfect purity and grace to deliver them from that. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those to whom favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger, And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And verse 20 says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Why were the shepherds rejoicing? It was just a baby. It was just a baby, just a child. Why were they rejoicing? Because like it said in verse 10, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Jesus and Christmas is all about good news. 
the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Savior of our sins, the Savior of the world, and he brings great joy. People are searching for light. It's like they're a ship in, in the ocean, and there's waves, and, they, and there's fog, and they, can't, they don't know where to take the ship and to, to dock it. They're, they're lost at sea, and they're looking for the lighthouse. And Jesus Christ is that lighthouse that the world needs this time of year and every day of the year. The world needs Christ. They're confused. They're lonely. They're depressed. They're feeling hopeless. They're lost. They're in darkness. And they're looking to careers and relationships and money and houses and cars and pleasure and All while doing that, their life is screaming out, give me something to help me. The world is screaming out, give me something to help me. I'm not happy. There's something missing. And it's only Jesus that can fulfill that. It's the light of the world to come into that darkness. And that's why I love it, even in the book of Acts there, when I believe it was Peter was preaching And he was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the message of Jesus on the cross. And there's a part there where it says, and the the men and women were pricked in their hearts. They were convicted in their hearts. What was happening in that moment? The light was revealing the sin. The light was shining and revealing the darkness. And they said, what must we do to be saved? That's where the world needs to come. And that's where we've had to come to that point. And say, Lord, I, I, can't, I can't live in this darkness anymore. I surrender. Lord, you've shone your light on me. I submit. I want all that you have for me. No longer living for myself in darkness, but living for Jesus Christ. And then we must go out and at our jobs and in our families, we've got we to gotta tell people about Jesus. We've got to find opportunities to bring Christ into our conversations. People are dying. People are dying without Christ. They die in their sin. And they're lost forever apart from God. And so this Christmas, let's enjoy everything that it, that it brings, but be reminded how desperately our world needs Jesus, who's the light of the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people, again, it says, love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. First John 1, 5-7 says, This is the message which we have heard from Him And declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. We need to stay close to Jesus. And when we stumble and fall, like we all do, we say, Lord, let your light 
shine upon me once again. That I would walk in the light as you are in the light. And let's resist all things of darkness, all things of selfishness. And let's fix our eyes upon Jesus, the light of the world. Amen? Let's all stand together. We're going to close and, and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that, God, you love the world so much. Even, like it says there in Romans, that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. While we were sinners, while we were full of darkness, God, you came in your mercy and love. And, God, we, we are grateful this morning, God, that we can live our lives every day through the good times and through the bad times, and we can know that Jesus Christ has saved me. That he came as a, a little baby and he lived for 33 years and he did his father's business and he spoke words of life and truth and liberty and salvation. And he showed us the way to live and he showed us how to be saved. He showed us what we must do and he willingly laid his life down for us and he rose back to life again. We are a people who believe that. And we've received your salvation, Lord. And God, as Christmas is upon us here, the world goes nuts with with material things. Lord, I pray that we would enjoy those things, but Lord, that we would rem- remember this morning, God, that they need hope. That if somebody dies as a millionaire, with everything a human being could want, but they don't have Jesus Christ. Lord, there's no hope for them. They're lost. So God, even as we go through struggles, maybe it's financial struggles or or lonely times or whatever, God, let us be reminded that, God, we have the greatest thing to be thankful for, and that is the Lord Jesus, the light of the world. And God, as we leave and go our separate ways, Father, and and go through this Christmas season, I pray that we would be reminded, Lord, that you then told us, you said to us, Jesus, you said to us, you are the light of the world. We are like a city on, on top of a hill. God, let us not hide the light of Christ in our own lives. Let us be that light that you've called us to be in our workplaces and families And in this world, God, that they would see our good works and they'll glorify our Father in heaven. Lord, bless your people, God. I pray that this year they would have an amazing Christmas, that you would bring restoration into families, God. That you would bring healing into relationships this Christmas for people here this morning, God. That you would open up windows of heaven, of financial blessing and increase upon those who need it, God. That you would bring surprises to them. Why? Because you love them and you're good. And every good and perfect gift comes from God in heaven. So we acknowledge this morning that Jesus, you are the reason for this Christmas season. But God, in your goodness, would you bless us this morning, God? We humbly pray and ask you for whatever blessings you want to give. We receive them, God. And we give you thanks and praise for them, God. And may we also be a blessing to others in return, God. So, Lord, may this Christmas season be just awesome for this church, God, and for the people in this church. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,
Amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.